Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. I'm bringing this show in, doing the happy dance because I had myself a week in fantasy. Hello, welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here, of course, with my brethren. My blood, my mans, my guy, my, my pal, Michael. All right. <laughs> so you want to hear something pretty cool, though? Yeah, I do. Um, on the drive up to, I'm here in Ithaca with Jason for this week. On the drive up, I told Jason, I have like a 90% chance of winning every single league this week. And then I saw your tweet. And you have like a ninety percent chance of winning every single league this week. Uh, I, well, nah. Eh. Uh, well, Hurts. I, I need a big game from Hurts. I don't. I wouldn't say ninety. Yeah. You, you gave me twenty eight percent earlier today, so I have a twenty eight percent chance of going undefeated. But ten and one is not bad in my redrafts. Yeah, same here. Very good week, which is odd because it started off so strange. I was gonna say one of the things but. that you, 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 uh, you mentioned. You were like, this is the type of week where the, the bad team wins. In the early going, was, uh, you tweeted that at like Jason who tweeted that at like one thirty. Uh, I was like, all right, yeah. way to fucking relax. It's the second quarter of every of the first games. <laughs> like, like chill, Jason, chill. My uh, my home league dominance has continued. Scored one hundred fifty points again. Going to win again. Do you going know to be three and zero. Do you know what's crazy, bro? First like, place. It's crazy that that's the case because your team has it a genuinely at least a bust, a, a hardcore bust every game too. Like, you have one guy in your lineup that does you nothing, and you still score 150. Yeah, because yeah, everyone else goes off. Yeah, exactly. And you always get <laughs> that you one. Kelsey, Cup, those two guys every single week are just automatic. And Tom Brady has been a fucking monster. It's not going to stop next week. We'll, t- we'll talk about that. I don't think that. so either. We'll talk about that. But what we really want to talk about first, number one, is our favorite thing in the world, and that's the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, of course. Um it's our baby. I thought you were going to say Donnie H. Nah, nah. It's our baby. Go ahead. It's our pride and joy. Like, we can't we can't express enough to you how much you should go get this thing because it's free. And listen to all the things you can get on this. You get fantasy player cards, which are basically player profiles that have everything you need in order to judge someone fantasy-wise on the back of their card. And then in the front of their card, you have all their metrics. Player comps. Podcasts. Who to start. Sit tool. Usage charts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, this podcast, advanced statistics, and, of course, exclusive stats. True throw value, true target value, and the genius himself, Santiago Casanova, came up with a way to quantify air yards to something that actually matters, and that's coming soon as well. That's right. You heard it right. If you heard Jason, the... Cass, it's so it's it's crazy because Jason said I hate air yards. Cass got that got Cass thinking. And then Cass used his geniusness to take away all the crappy throws and to and to and to weight throws that actually matter. And and the results speak for themselves. Like this thing could change the game. And it's gonna be on the fantasy football Barbaro app. Very exciting. Uh, shout out to of exclusively course, Brodo at Brodo FF Casanova. If you're trying to follow him, because he is one of the better follows in fantasy football Twitter, and that is 
That is not an understatement. Uh, but go check that out. It's for free on all of the apps right now that you can get apps. And the reason is because of Patreon. Join Patreon.com today, please, to uh, support. We hit 80. Woo! Michael, give me that. What were you gonna? What did you supposed to say? We yeah, we did. Jason. Jason was supposed to put up a Twitter video. Oh, we got to get We reached him. 80, baby. 80, baby. Hey, that was a good one. That was a good one. 80. So mm-hmm. we reached 80. Shout out to our uh, 80th uh, patron. If you want to be one of the people that join us on this journey, they're the reason why this uh, this app is free. And you could do it by going to patreon.com slash brotofantasy. And you get access to the in- incredible community on the Discord, an extra podcast, the waiver episode, the most important episode that we put out every week, um, and tons, tons more. I've already gone too far with the promo. Let's get started. What do you say, Michael? Always ready, baby. Do you know who's ready too? Donnie H. Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Oof. That, that, Donnie H. hits different on a day when you went 10, when you could be going 11-0 in your redrafts. <laughs> um, Michael, you ready? Because the first one's not not pretty. Um, Adam Schefter reports that A.J. Brown is expected to be considered week-to-week with a uh, uh, strained hamstring. Oh, man. You hate to hear it. You hate to hear it. You hate to hear it, especially because the Titans' week four matchup is with the Jets, and the Jets' secondary absolutely sucks. Um, and that's that would have been a, uh, a place where A.J. Brown would have been considered for wide receiver one overall on the week. That's the first bad news. The second bad news is these strained hamstrings, these soft tissue injuries, they tend to linger. They tend you you rest them a little bit, you think they're gone, and then all of a sudden they're there. And I can tell you because I strained my hamstring when we were playing football on Sunday, and I'm mad about it. Because I know this thing's gonna bother me all year. I know it. Yeah. I know it. It's it's really not ideal. Um I would I would almost rather have the Titans just say three week injury he's out three weeks then week to week because that always keeps the possibility open of exactly what happened in week three he had what one rush for three yards and then he was out of the game with an injury and he already has two repaired knees over this offseason he had surgery on both knees and now the injury to the hamstring which is never fun um and always always something that can be repeated and something that you have to be, he's going to run probably be running more gingerly now like it's not easy to play with bad hamstrings especially if you're trying to play through bad hamstrings and these are NFL players these aren't like you can't run like gingerly Tim playing in a sunday touch football no. <laughs> yeah but you and you but and even then it's harder right and, and even then like you can't play gingerly like and then especially in the NFL if you're AJ Brown you can't play gingerly you have to play. That's why the hamstrings always pop up because there is no playing halfway. I could play halfway. I could only run button hooks. No problem. AJ Books, AJ Brown, even if he does do that, he's gonna have to battle cornerbacks off and he's gonna have to, you know, get in the trenches and, and, and be in the middle of the field and get tackled. Like there is no ginger. And that's why these hamstring injuries always linger. And they ah, it sucks to hear hamstring yeah. or groin. Like you, you hear those two things and you're just like, ah, fuck. Yeah, it's not not ideal. And one of our sneak peek 
enter the Discord by joining Patreon. One of our patrons asked about a buy low opportunity for AJ Brown. Uh, he is not someone I could willingly trade for right no. now. No, no matter I how just, low. It's going to be too too risky because no one's going to give him up for free. And you're going to have to give up a solid piece. And that's not something I'd be willing to do. I, um, I, I would say this. If you have a fifth wide receiver on your bench that's better than the average fifth wide receiver, and there's a 0-3 team that has A.J. Brown that's absolutely panicking, that is in win-now mode, and you want to give that guy up for A.J. Brown and wait it out, and if it doesn't work well, out, no big deal, then do that. But otherwise, no. No one's trading A.J. Brown for K.J. Osborne. No, no, like, not, no, no, no. Maybe like a... A Cole Beasley or an Adam, if a, a desperate team. What about would you trade Adam Thielen for AJ Brown? No, Adam Thielen's been balling. Yeah, but he's been yeah. You, know, you know, everyone everyone's been saying that and it's true. But I but he's been balling because he's, he's been basically like but he's basically like Mike Evans in that offense, man. That dude is an absolute machine in he the is. red zone. He really is. It's just a, he's just like no one could stay in front of him. He's just Yeah. He's just he ple- he thinks on another level. Like he reminds me of you, Michael, a lot. Like when thanks, Tim. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> Michael is like I. I don't want to blow up your spot, but how tall are you, Mike? Like five eight. Yeah, like five eight. Five eight, and scores touchdowns on a like, good day. And scores scores touchdowns <laughs> like crazy. Like how does it happen? He, he just knows where to go, uh, and that's like Adam Thielen. Um, Josh Gordon. This one is a, out of nowhere shocker. I thought that yeah. his rights belonged to Seattle. Apparently, Josh Gordon is signing with the no, Kansas no, City yeah, Chiefs. he was a free agent. Yeah. So he's signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. He, right now he's on the practice squad. He's 30, um, which doesn't mean as much for wide receivers as it does for running backs. But it still means something. And he hasn't played in a while. But, you know, it, think about this. This is a guy who got kicked out of the league not because he was like a criminal or not because or, he smoked weed. That was his big... His big crime was that he smoked weed. So when so now in our 2021 eyes, using our 2021 eyes rather than our 2015 eyes or whenever people were judging him for this shit, using those eyes, you look at Josh Gordon, you're like, this is not a guy who has any reason to, I don't know, not still be in good shape, not still like want it, not still like be hungry and not still have the talent. There's nothing that makes me think he doesn't. So like him on a Chiefs offense... I don't know if he's going to be fantasy relevant, but it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, look, we've always been big proponents of just don't roster any Chiefs besides Kelsey Hill and the running back, right? Like, that's who the offense runs through. Uh, Michael Hardman, he scored uh, one of those rushing, basically rushing touchdown, little tap jet sweep passes this past weekend, which gave him just over 10 points. So he was actually slightly usable but he's typically not the marcus robinson's a complete dart throw and now josh gordon is 30 years old last time he played with seattle i mean it was not great right like he had 27 catches um 86th overall in true target value he averaged 38 reception yards a game was 44th in average depth of target he caught a touchdown sure but 63rd in catch percentage 426 receiving yards it was not ideal, period. And that was two years ago when he was 28 years old. And it's the same exact thing now. Same exact, oh, he's still Josh Gordon. Oh, he's he's still in good shape. 
but he's still coming off the street, has to learn a new offense in an offense that never, basically ever, allows a second wide receiver to be fantasy viable. So I'm more than likely going to let others take the shot on Josh Gordon. I don't even think it's like an upside shot. I just think it's more like a, this is fun, it's Josh Gordon shot. Yeah, I have Josh Gordon on my on my six on our sixteen team uh, sixteen man Broto Dynasty League, just because like when you have sixteen teams, it's like you have a roster spot for Josh Gordon. Um, I could see him like true. I don't know, like you know how Miko Hardman, like he just goes and runs a, a like a forty five yard streak and catches it. Like I could see Josh Gordon being. If he's if he goes with potential, the more consistent version of those guys. So maybe he takes their maybe he takes their spot. Um, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that James White suffered a hip sublocation in Week Three and is out indefinitely. This is something that's interesting. Um, I'm gonna just put this here because uh, one of in one of the categories I have, uh, we're gonna be talking about the New England backfield. So I'm going to leave it at just James White is out indefinitely. If you have James White, he's been a pretty good player for you overall. Like he's been a solid uh, flex kind of player, um, but uh, he's out indefinitely. So not good news on the James White front. Um, Frank Reich also said in a couple of Colts. Do you want to say something about James White? Because we're going to talk about. No, let's hold it. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're going to we're going to talk. Yeah, James White, man. I feel like James White's one of the good guys in the league. Like, I, I root for James White. Um, T.Y. Hilton, not quite there yet, says Coach Frank Reich. On top of that, Quentin Nelson is considered day-to-day with an ankle sprain. Not good news, especially when Carson Wentz looked completely immobile in that game. Like, he was... And when Carson Wentz is immobile, it's not good news. So, Quentin Nelson going down is is a big deal. He's day-to-day, so hopefully he's all right, but... You know, the Colts' offense is looking completely shitty right now, and Jonathan Taylor might be the biggest bust in fantasy right now. Uh, biggest bust, I'd say, is a stretch. He hasn't been nearly what people expect. I mean, look, I was fading Jonathan Taylor hard at ADP because I just didn't really understand the hype um, with Naheem Hines still there and that offense. But to say biggest bust, I think, is a little crazy. Why? 14 and a half, half PPR points, 14 and a half week one is not bad. Like, let's not act like it's a bad game. Okay. 5.8 in week two is not bust. ideal. And then he's 7.7 7 in week three. Yeah, that's not ideal either. That's but he's bust. not the biggest bust. Fine. Who's the bigger bust? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has been a huge bust. That's a big bust. AJ Brown has been a bust. He's injured. He's injured, but still counts. You started him this week. Fine. Um, I mean, uh, there's been a, a decent amount of busts, actually. That's, that seems like just, the top list just, that we just went through, though. Yeah. Um, Juju, another another injury. Again, these Monday news updates are basically injuries um, for the most part. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Juju Smith-Schuster, bruised ribs, is considered day-to-day. Uh, took a body shot, left early in the game. The results, we'll also talk about that. 19-1-9 targets for... Najee Harris, the rookie running Such back. Such a joke. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger looks like Yo. one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. No one's talking about this because it's not really relevant for fantasy. Maybe they're talking about it in like the, the actual NFL circles, but 
the Steelers were like threatening on fourth and it was fourth and five. Holy moly. It was fourth and 10, Tim. It was fourth and 10. Yes. In the red zone. In the red zone. In threatening in the red zone. And they threw an, an out pattern to Najee Harris with no blockers. A, a swing pass. <laughs> what? To a running back in the red zone. On like, fourth and 10. The defenders cannot be more than 20 yards away from you because they literally can't unless they're running out of bounds. And they went on a fourth and 10 must convert play. Swing pass to Najee Harris just because the Bengals were showing blitz. And then they dropped back out of the blitz. Like, yo, I understand Ben Roethlisberger maybe doesn't have the arm anymore, but that's one of the, it's a super boneheaded decision too. Like you can't notice that you shouldn't throw a swing pass. You couldn't tell within the first half second that all the guys you thought were blitzing were all dropping back. It's like he didn't want the it was moment. Just, it's like he didn't want the moment. Just, he didn't want it. Aye, aye. It he, was terrible. He, he didn't want it. And not for nothing, like you also, you have Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, who was playing well. Throw the guy a pass. He's taller than everyone else on the field. What are you doing? Like, you're, you're just giving up. It makes no sense. Um, good news on the Christian McCaffrey front. He will not be placed on injured reserve. So that means we are expecting him back within the three-game window that would have been injured reserve. So not next week, but the week after is a realistic possibility, which... People who roster CMC are are getting on their knees and, and praying to the sky right now saying thank you. Yeah. Um I thought it was a little odd that he didn't go on the um the IR when they said he was gonna be out several weeks, because the IR stint is only three weeks now. That's a big uh big change that they made, making it only three weeks. Um it used to be six and it may, I think it just makes more logical NFL sense for this to be the case so they could move players in and out easier and players don't have to sit for extra weeks like and all that good stuff but yeah I mean if McCaffrey could come back in less than three weeks then great um I don't think they should rush him back though and it seems like that might be the case but time will tell definitely the earlier the better for managers of Christian McCaffrey though because even if he's slightly hobbled he's still he's still likely a high-end RB1 KJ Handler unfortunate Torn ACL in week three. Very we'll, unfortunate. We'll miss the remainder of the season. Um, he just seems like one of those guys who, one of those smaller guys who maybe just won't ever be able to stay healthy. It sucks, bro. Because he, every time it he's does. on the field, he flashes all this potential. Yeah. It's almost as if, like, these guys who are injury prone and shit, like, it's almost as if their bodies perform beyond what their bodies are capable of even sustaining. It's kind of like a, like, it's 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 quite the like the dichotomy. Um hashtag big words. I was gonna say, like I, how do I transition away from dichotomy <laughs> right now? Um are you are you mentioning Justin Fields? Michael doesn't send me his list anymore. He's too he's too big shot to send me his list. I send them. Nah, mine. Yeah, I like I like the surprise. Yeah, are you are you mentioning Justin Fields? Yes. Okay, so we'll we'll skip the Justin Fields news. Um let's let's try not to concentrate on Justin Fields' performance, because we'll talk about that. Let's concentrate on the news because this needs to be said. Bears head coach Matt Nagy says he def- he can't definitely say who his car- starting quarterback in week four will be against Detroit. On Nagy's Monday presser, started nearly two hours late. <laughs> oh, man. He promptly Jeez. cast doubts on Justin Fields' starting jobs, calling Andy Dalton week to week, 
Nick Foles now apparently is in the running to start against the Lions. Bro, all right. I know you're probably going to kill Justin Fields, Michael, because you haven't been a Justin Fields guy. But let me just say this. Get this guy, Matt Nagy, the fuck out of here. This is, like, ridiculous. This is the most childish thing I've ever read. When I saw this, I was like, can we please get this guy the fuck out of here already? Like, he needs to yeah. go. He needs to be gone. Like, this is what He's you... He's just one of those those NFL coaches that, for whatever reason, just get shot after shot after shot. I mean, he's only had this one shot. <laughs> this is for only first I'm, shot. No, he's with the same team. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, in Chicago though, like he probably should have been fired last year or the year before. I mean, he was he was coach of the year three years ago. Yeah, you know, like is it, it what happened? Like, how did this happen? It's because you get your fucking head blown up into this big ball, like oh, I'm the fucking tits, and then the, and then you. Then you struggle. Everyone's like, yo, what are you doing? And then you double down your stupid-ass decisions because you're trying to prove them wrong. It's, it's a story as old as time. That's how every coach who starts off hot sucks after. That's how every that's all, That's all. always what happens. This is what's happening with Matt Nagy. He's putting Nick Foles in the mix. Like, yo, this kid, Justin Fields, just had the worst game ever. Like, the worst ever. And you're going to fucking say that Nick Foles is going to start over him against Detroit? You threw him to the Lions against Miles Garrett, who had Five, four and a half fucking sacks. To the Lions, get it? Uh, yeah, throw them to the actual Lions. <laughs> Give the kid a chance. We're talking about Nick Foles. Get out of here with Nick Foles. Get out of here with this. I can't even talk. Get out of here with this shit, yo. What the f- Nick Foles is I'm the like GOAT. I'm like angry. I'm like really angry. I'm like angry at him. This Nick guy, Foles is the GOAT. This guy ruined Mitch Trubisky. He ruined him. He ruined yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky sucks because of Matt Nagy. Let's go with that. I I I contend. Hey, you you saw what Mitch Trubisky did in the preseason. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> um, is this is not a headline? This is a headline. Dan Arnold. The Panthers are trading Dan Arnold and a third round pick to the uh to the pan to the from the Panthers to the Jaguars. There you go. In exchange for C.J. Henderson, who was their first round pick a couple years ago, hasn't panned out from Florida. Um, top make, 10 overall pick last season. Yeah, top 10 overall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Last season, not two years ago. So yeah. Urban Meyer just decided he does. He wants to throw this guy in the trash and gets a third-round pick. And Dan Arnold, who, I mean, O'Shawn Hennessy had, what, eight targets in week one? Dan yeah, Arnold, something around there. Dan Arnold, the last two games, has shown that he can he can ball. And, and you saw that he can ball in Arizona when he gets a chance. Oh, goodness. Tim, you just will never stop with Arnold. I'm not. All right, the Darnold to Arnold connection. Oh. Yeah, but it's not Darnold to Arnold anymore, and I still like him. Yeah, because they traded him. Because he's not a necessary piece to any team. I'm sorry, Dan Arnold. I mean, sure. Um, when you're when you're getting a former first-round corner. like It's not like they didn't get anything for him. They got a first-round cornerback. I think the third-round pick was a little more enticing than Dan Arnold. Obviously, Dan Arnold's going to have a role in this offense. I think it's obvious. Uh, we'll see. Um, let's continue going with these headlines. Josh Norman was taken to the hospital on Sunday night. Uh, Norman reportedly had two bruised lungs and tissue damage. He left the Sunday night game with a chest Jeez. injury and was quickly taken to a nearby hospital, spitting up blood. Um, oof. Let's let's Damn. hope Josh Norman is okay. I didn't Andy Reid also went to the hospital, no, but he's that's, also that's the next one. He's he's okay in stable condition at the local hospital, according to Ian Rappaport. Um, and yeah, that's basically it for the news. 
Uh, we left on a sour note there. Um, but no no more sour note than Matt Nagy still has a job in fantasy, at least. Um, uh, I mean, I guess in better news um, for people who didn't see um, the Tyler Lockett injury that kind of seemed bad and he was down for a bit. He, he was hobbling a bit, but he did go back into the game at yeah. some point, which is definitely a very good thing for future prospects. Michael was the highest of the Brodo bros on Tyler Lockett. And uh, yeah. you, could, you could tell from how he was very willing to update you on Tyler Lockett's injury, which he I have returned. I several teams. Yeah, which he returned in the same game. <laughs> like, that, I think that's why it well, wasn't it seemed in the news. bad. And... No, I, I didn't even know he returned. I ended up seeing it on Twitter. So I was like, oh, if I didn't even know, I'm sure other people didn't even know. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, Michael, are you ready to get into our first uh, our category? A category. Always. Like, Always. Is it a category? I saw that coming from a mile away. Oh, the first segment is We Saw That Coming, which, by the way, nailed that. Um, Michael, why don't you start us off with our first we saw that coming, which, by the way, if you haven't heard this, is the players that we saw coming um, and called, uh, either on Twitter or wherever. This is the ones we, we got right. Yeah. Um, so on our patron Tuesday waiver pod, we also now review the Thursday night game. And in that Thursday night game, Jason and I both discussed the Carolina Panthers, who, of course, played against Houston Texans, and the fact that Robbie Anderson's role has changed and he is no longer that short intermediate guy, DJ Moore is now taking those targets as we expected last season. Like we were all kind of shocked when Robbie Anderson was the one who was getting that work last season. That's reverted back. Robbie Anderson has reverted back to that deep shot type of guy who isn't super involved in the offense otherwise. And we were very wary in that Houston game of trusting Robbie Anderson because that was a game Carolina could have won up early and if they don't need to take deep shots and that is not good for Robbie Anderson ended up being a closer game than expected in the first half. And Christian McCaffrey went down and still Robbie Anderson ended with just two targets, one catch and eight yards. Not ideal. Robbie Anderson now has three games where against the jets, he only had one catch. It just happened to be a 57 yard touchdown, but that was it. Three receptions for 38 yards in week two and now one catch for eight yards in week three. Not good. Five catches through three games on the season on only 11 targets. I could have put him in stock down as well, but Jay and I called it on that patron pod on the Thursday preview. Join the Patreon to get that episode. And um, yeah, we saw it coming. I'm going to go with my first saw that coming in this one. And this one was more of a waiting to see this coming. Um, I'm shouting out me and I'm shouting out Cass on this one because Cass, I already mentioned his stat that makes air yards into a more usable thing, usable stat by weighing the types of air yards there are and coming up with a formula for that. And one of the things in the formula was the realization that Justin Jefferson was just waiting, itching to explode. And... You know, your boy, your boy. Shaboykin. <laughs> I, I was trying to be Jay-Z there. Um, your boy uh, told you that Justin Jefferson is the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is he went off in this game. 11 targets, 9 receptions, 118 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. 
Shout out to Jeff- Justin Jefferson. He finally put on the show that we were expecting. And Michael, usually we go back and forth, but I'm going to keep this in the family right now because now I'm going to shout out Jason. Jason said, Kirk Cousins is a guy that you want to roster in the first three weeks of the season. And what has Kirk Cousins done except light the absolute world on fire? All he's done is finish as a QB1 every single week of the season, a top six quarterback two weeks of the season, both of the last two weeks, including this week, where he went absolutely off and he continues to go off the true the true throw value king bounced back after we told you that he was going to honestly Ryan Tannehill should be in the saw that coming because we told you don't panic people were talking about benching Ryan Tannehill our patrons are themselves were saying hey should I bench Ryan Tannehill for Daniel Jones and I said absolutely fucking not do not even think about that um Dan- Tannehill was so close to having a great game and we said that on the on the Thursday pod and he did have a great game. He bounced back. And now Kirk Cousins, the true throw value prince, is starting the year off on absolute fire. So Kirk Cousins is another guy we saw coming. Michael, uh, who's your second guy? Yeah, my second we saw coming is not Kirk Cousins, even though we all liked Kirk Cousins this week. It is the one and only, the one I argued about, not argued, um, just <sighs> conversed about on Twitter. Um, LaVisca Chenault. Oh, boy. Shockingly, LaVisca Chenault went just four for 48 this week. And guess what? The targets weren't even there. Only four targets after seeing 16 the first two weeks, which that was that was his boon, right? Everyone, but he has the targets, baby. That's right, Dick Vitale again. But guess what? LaVisca Chenault, as the third or fourth option on the worst offense or one of the worst offenses in the league, Jacksonville isn't the worst because the Jets play, um... Did not do well, even in a shootout type potential game against Arizona. Four for 48. LaVisca Chenault is just not going to be a thing that everyone wants him to be. And we did not like him this week. We're probably not going to like him going forward. He could have easily been in my stock down as well, but I think he was in my stock down last week, if I recall. But we also just talk a lot about how the LaVisca Chenault hype was unwarranted. So, yep. We ain't surprised. But you know what things something that actually surprised us? Um, a few things. Let's get into the next section. The surprise, surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. So again, I can't wait for Dexter. I can't wait to watch Dexter. Dexter ended really shitty. I, I hope this this season makes up for it. You know, Michael C. Hall such the, a great actor. The actually. um what's it called? The uh the trailer looked pretty good. I didn't finish it. I was I was halfway through the trailer and I didn't finish it because I feel like I, I didn't want to see but it. It's like Two and a half minutes. Oh, I know, okay. but I, I felt like I, I didn't want to see it. Like, I want to be surprised every second. I don't even want to know what's happen- going to come. You know? I thought you just, like, I thought you just, like, forgot no. after, like, half of it. <laughs> yeah, after after half of it, I just, like, uh, went into the to the abyss. Um, someone that went into the abyss, I'll take the first surprise, surprise. TJ Hawkinson. Dude, I, I named you White Waller. I named you California Kelsey. And you're going to come out in, in two two targets? That's it? Two. Two. Two targets. And I think one of the the uh, culprits of of this happening was the Lions being close in a game. We haven't experienced the Lions being close in a game yet. Um, Khalif Raymond got himself 10 targets at, for some reason. Khalif Raymond got 10 targets. And, you know, th- they wanted to run the ball. 
They wanted to get the ball to Swift. They wanted to get the ball to Williams. They did. And TJ Hawkinson was not as much part of the game plan. Now, he was being taken out of the game at every single moment that, you know, obviously he was the target uh, for the defense, at least. But with that being said, two two targets, ugh, that's shocking to me for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I, uh, I asked you, Tim, last week, are you not a little scared that TJ Hawkinson has now put his two best games of the season behind him? Stop it already. <laughs> I, was, I was doing it semi-mockingly. Uh, you know, I was just joking, of course. Like, he's not going to have only bad games for the rest of the season. But this was my fear with TJ Hawkinson um, for this year, games like this, and games where the Detroit offense couldn't get anything going because it's not a very good offense, and uh, the Baltimore defense is very good. So I wasn't super surprised to see them struggle a lot, but even in a game where Jared Goff had to throw a bunch, it was definitely rough to see Hawkinson go two for 10. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I kept expecting to see him get a, get a target. It's just, he stayed into block so much because, you know, I'm watching the lines. I'm, I'm looking for three players. Like I'm not really looking at their wide receivers. So my, I'm like locked on Hawkinson. I'm like, I want to see this guy's, I want to see what's going on. He was just into block a lot. That's one of Hawkinson's best attributes as a football player. But one of his worst attributes as a fantasy player is how good he is at blocking. Like he's a he's yeah. a, just a really good overall tight end. So, like they use him in that way. Um, Michael, you're up next. My Who's first it? surprise, surprise. Look, I I know for sure that this guy doesn't listen to Brodo. Maybe he does. Actually, I don't know for sure, but I I bet a whole lot of money that he doesn't. But he may have heard me last week calling him the new AJ Green, of just old guy who sees targets and is on the field, but is absolutely pointless. Because Emmanuel Sanders had himself a day. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, after me shitting on him um, on the podcast this week, definitely did not see this coming. and was certainly a surprise. Five catches, 95 yard, 94 yards, and two touchdowns against Washington. One of the first touchdown with Josh Allen, a glorious play by Josh Allen. Uh, Tim tweeted it, said he's the only quarterback in the league who can make that play. I'd argue Patrick Mahomes can make that play too, but... It was certainly a very unique play that not many quarterbacks at all can it's, make. It's just the angle of his body, like how he was, how he was, like, you know, if Patrick Mahomes was six six, you know, but it's just like the way that he made the throw too. It's like at the angle that it was at, in the in the place that yeah. it was at. So it's like it's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. Like it's not like he, and it's not like I'm saying anything against. But I just think Josh Allen's the only guy that could do that. Yeah, terrific throw and catch for sure, and um. Yeah, I was just surprised by it. He's not someone I'm going to be chasing after on like waiver wires and such because um, it's not going to be consistent production. That's a fact. So but I was certainly surprised by the huge output. But Josh Allen really turned up again, which was nice to see. I'm yeah, for sure. What uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Is. Interesting, very, very interesting. Because if they're going to pass the ball all the time, then he's going to get targets. And he's getting valuable targets. It's just an interesting I mean, case. eh. What do you mean? Eh. Do you mean Cole eh? Beasley is going to have up and down games eh, too. Cole Beasley hasn't Gabriel even had a game Davis yet. may still work. Gabriel Davis. What? Gabriel, Cole Beasley has had two great games already, you idiot. PPR, <laughs> PPR. Sure, bro. Week, yeah, week one he went eight for sixty, which is very nice in yeah, PPR this league. Is no, this, Even half PPR. I don't give a fuck about eight for sixty. 
All right, he just went 11 for 98, dude. Okay, that's, that's a good 15 game. That's 15 and a half half yard fantasy points, so relax. That's a good game, but Double that's digits, not... two of three weeks is not bad. It's not... I'm He's not saying top 36 it's... wide receiver so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying Cole Beasley can have that game. Off. <laughs> Cole Beasley can have that game, and Emmanuel Sanders can still have a good game. And that's because they throw so much, these guys. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of wild. Um, another thing that's kind of wild... Look, I think out of all my calls on the year, this has to be my biggest miss. Brandon Cooks, man. Brandon Cooks seems like he's... Falling out. Dude, I was like, I don't want anything to do with Brandon Cooks. Are you kidding me? This is a rookie quarterback in his first game. We saw some of the horrendous play from rookie quarterbacks um, already this year. I, I mean, this week. So, I'm like, it's Thursday night. The whole world's watching. Davis Mills playing. Court. No way I do I want any Brandon Cooks. And then he goes and puts nine for 112 on 11 targets on a very good Panthers defense. So this is Brandon Cooks' third straight week of fantasy, not only relevance, but fantasy dominance in a way. 15.7, 18.3, and 16.2. That's a wide receiver, too, if I've ever seen one. So shout out to Brandon Cooks. That <laughs> like I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Cooks, for doubting you. Last year you were my sleeper. This year I doubted you. I should have known. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. This is shocking. Shocking. Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. Um, yeah. For my second uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, this one still makes absolutely no sense to me. And he's not someone I'm going to be trying to actually acquire or anything like that. But man, Peyton Barber had himself a day. Peyton Barber had 23 rushes for 111 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and three receptions for 31 yards on five targets. And guess who started him in Dynasty? This guy right here. Hmm. 23 rushes and five targets, 28 opportunities, while Kenyon Drake had eight rushes and six targets as the highest paid backup in the entire league with the starting running back out. He, they just decided, you know what, Kenyon Drake is just going to remain the highest paid backup in the league. It doesn't matter who the starter is. Very, very strange, but Peyton Barber had himself a day. I will not be chasing it by any means because Josh Jacobs is going to return and render um, Peyton Barber irrelevant sooner rather than later. And even if Josh Jacobs is out, this is just a trap because Peyton Barber is not going to have games like this every week, obviously. No, I mean, just look at his entire track record for the proof. But damn, surprising big performance from Peyton Barber this week. Ways to tell that the guy you follow on Twitter just put FF in front of his name and didn't earn it. He recommends dropping Fab on Peyton Barber. If he does that, <laughs> then stop listening to him. He's he's, <laughs> he's terrible at giving you advice. Um, True. You want to go to our next section, Michael? Absolutely. Oh, we stock rising. Oh, man, my dumb. What was that? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Michael, the grandest of the yes. slammedest. Who's your number one? 
stock rise. The grandest of the slamdest. My uh, my number one stock riser here is uh, someone I didn't really want to buy into, but he's getting the work, and that is Mr. Hunter Renfro of the Las Vegas Raiders. Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr continues to play very good football. Um, I was a little surprised how tight Miami kept it. That was simply because of a pick six by Miami to start the day, which was a looked like a issue between him and Foster Moreau because Moreau didn't keep running, and Derek Carr threw it as if he was going to keep running. So it wasn't just a terrible play by Carr. It was clearly a, a mishap on both of their parts. Um, and then they went up 14-zip on the next drive too. So they were trailing by 14, and they still won the game. And Hunter Renfro, he's not on the field as much as Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, but he continues to see the targets, man. Nine targets week one, seven week two, six week three. He had six targets week one, five week two, five week three. And these are not low value targets either. He's converted that into 70 yards in week one, 57 in week two, and 77 in week three. This guy has any score to touchdown this past week. In half PPR, 10 points, 8.2 points, 16.2 points. These are certainly playable numbers um, in a flex spot and wide receiver three spot if you're um, dealing with injuries or bye weeks that are coming up and things of that sort. Hunter Unfro is certainly playing himself into a pretty consistent, like a Cole Beasley type of Thanks. player. Um, and with the way Derek Carr is playing to start this season, I don't think it's something that you could just overlook because uh, he's clearly passing the ball around. After the 19-target game for Darren Waller week one, he's seen seven each of the past two weeks, which is still a high number, but it's not 19, right? And uh, Renfro has out-targeted Brian Edwards in each game despite playing next less snaps and has out-targeted Henry Ruggs in two of the three games. Excuse me, one of the three games, but one less in the other games. Um despite playing less snaps. So he's clearly a part of that offense and Derek Hart is connecting with him to start the year. And if it keeps going, you could get yourself a, a nice little free player because he's still not highly rostered. People just don't want to trust that, uh, this small slot white guy. <laughs> it's a, it's like a, it's like a, a trope at this point. Like small slot slot white guy will get you this many yards, this many points. Um yeah, the Danny Amendolas and Cole Beasley's and Wes Welkers of the world. Yeah, I think you can throw this I think you could throw Hunter Renfro in that mix. Um My guy, let me let me say this one thing. You know, sometimes uh someone lies to you. And You lied to me. Yeah. When you get lied to, like it 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 it, it stings. You're, and, it, and it hurts your confidence in that person that that person is telling you the truth. If someone has lied to you before, then even if you forgive them for lying, there's always that thing in the back of your head that says they're lying. And I think that might be what happened with Kyle Shanahan and the fantasy community. Because Kyle Shanahan is always lying to us. So when he was talking about Brandon Ayuk, and he was talking about him, and he goes... You know, it's not that big of a deal. You're just making more of a big of a deal because of fantasy. And he's got a hamstring tweak, and you know we're 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 working him back in. And you know Trent Trent Sherfield, he uh, he earned some snaps in practice, and and uh, we're working him in a little bit. But, but and then he also mentioned if Brandon Ayuk is a lot better than him, then he'll take he'll he'll dominate the playing time. Sounds like he told the truth on all three of those those uh comments and we just chose not to believe him 
because Brandon Ayuk, whether he was in the doghouse, whether he was suffering from a hurt hamstring or not, do you know what's funny? And I'm cutting myself off here. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Like, out of all this this time, we've heard quotes from Shanahan. We've heard, heard quotes from the fantasy experts. We've heard quotes from defenses. We've heard quotes from his teammates. Who here has a quote from Brandon Ayuk himself? Who here has heard Brandon Ayuk speak about the Brandon Ayuk situation? No one. It's like not yeah. available. Like no one. Like like this guy is like a like like hiding somewhere, and so we could like I don't know I don't know I don't know, and, but Kyle Shanahan he, you know the, he, put him back in the field. Uh, he had six targets, um, caught four of six targets for thirty-seven yards and a touchdown. Also, if you were watching the game, he dropped a touchdown. So he could have had two touchdowns in this game. You'd think that if a player was in the doghouse, if he would drop a touchdown, that would be like a death cry, right? Like Ronald Jones fumbled week one. We haven't seen him since. But yeah. but it was the opposite. They went back to Ayuk in the red zone again later, and he caught a touchdown. So that, just from what I see, makes me think that the whole doghouse thing was kind of bullshit. And if that's the case, and it was an injury then, woo! First of all, Brandon Ayuk is only rostered in 81% of leagues right now. So, if you have, if you are in one of the leagues where someone got frustrated and dropped Brandon Ayuk, you're going to need to drop some fab on him this week because he's going to be worth it. And do you know why he's going to be worth it? Because listen to the upcoming schedule that Brandon Ayuk has. He's got Seattle. Arizona, bye week. Indy, Chicago, Arizona again, and then the Rams. Not so great, but he's not getting Jalen Ramsey. Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston to end the season. Let me tell you that again. Week 11 through week 17. Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Oh, my God. Lick your lips. Yummy. If you you kept... And you, if you kept and held out on hope for Brandon Ayuk, congratulations, you're about to be paid off. If you, um, if you didn't, that's a hardcore pill to swallow. And if he's out there for you, go get him. And that is my Brandon Ayuk because his stock is definitely up. And I want, I, I'm going to want Brandon Ayuk for that stretch run. That's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if this continues. I would expect it to. I mean, he's a good player. Who this is? I was very confused by the first couple of weeks of the year, but let's see if Shanahan continues to play him as much as he played yesterday. Would it all make sense if he had a hamstring and they were trying to, and they were trying to ease him back in? It would. It would all make sense. <laughs> Maybe he's just telling the yeah. truth. Um, Michael, who's your? Uh, is this your first or second stock? Second stock rising. Second stock rising. We can make this one quick. We've spoken about this guy because Tim likes to take victory laps. Shout out to Tim. I always make fun of him. But he liked this guy. I was eh about this guy. Didn't really avoid him. Jason hated this guy. <laughs> a wide receiver one going forward. I don't think that's a doubt anymore. And that's Mike Williams, who just went seven for 122 and two touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. Added in a two-point conversion to boot. Now has 18.2 fantasy points, half PPR, 18.6, and 30.7 the first three weeks of the year. Absolutely playing like a star in his new role in that offense. You really have to wonder how guys like 
Anthony Anthony Lynn can miss coach players as bad as they did with Mike Williams because Mike Williams is showing clearly that it was not his talent making him a very uneventful and not uneventful. He made eventful plays, but not trustworthy type asset to a team so much so that they didn't even give him another contract, right? They declined his uh, contract or some shit. They right? regret doing that uh, now. Yeah. Like so much so that they did that. And now Mike Williams is proving to be a super high end wide receiver in this league. And the first three weeks certainly make him seem like a huge steal. I think not only Anthony Lynn, but you got to think of the quarterback he was playing with. The quarterbacks he was playing with. He, it was rookie Justin Herbert last year. And then before that was Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers, like, even through, like, he had prolific seasons, but it was always throwing to Antonio Gates and the running back, LaDainian Tomlinson or, or Keenan Allen. Allen Gordon. And the slot guy, Keenan Allen. Like, that's, that's what I was going to say next, Michael. Damn. Like, he, it, Phillip Rivers never made a wide receiver one on the outside possible. And now Justin Herbert, this dude is so sick. Like, he, like, that's, like, that's the most, that's the thing I could, like, <laughs> that's the way I could describe him. Like, yo, he's sick. Like, dude, yeah, he, he's great. He throws an absolute rocket out of his hands. And yeah. Mike Williams gets open. And, yo, you forget how big Mike Williams is. This guy's massive. And he's this quick. It's just, oh, man, I can go on for Mike Williams for days. Here's a guy yeah. who had a slow start to his career, too, but someone seems to have unlocked Cordero Patterson. Seems to be a big part of this C-Pat. offense. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big part of this offense, man, because Matt Ryan, I look, I, I'm talking about victory laps. I told you Matt Ryan was going to suck this bad. Everyone's like, oh, what a surprise. Matt Ryan sucks this bad. Like, no, I've been telling you Matt Ryan is going to suck this bad. And when you suck this bad, you got to hit your outlet receivers and your, and your guys out of the backfield. And that's what's happening with Cordell Patterson right now. Seven targets for the second straight game, put up 13.2 uh, uh, last week because he didn't have a touchdown. The week before, he, he had a touchdown and put, tw- put up 20 points. You have to think that Cordero Patterson, the reason why you wouldn't play him is because of his of his really low floor. But that low floor is not going to exist for him when he's touching the ball 13 times, 14 times. Like, this like this is what you want out of a fantasy player Like that you're going to... Like, play out of your slot. This is the kind of guy that if you're drafting, I said out of your slot, out of your flex. Um, if you, This is the kind of guy that if you went zero RB, this is the kind of guy you're starting right now. So, Cordell Patterson is someone whose stock is way higher for me. Yeah, pretty shocking, honestly. It's because the, the who was it, the Pats or the Bears played him at running back, changed his whole career. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Wayne Goldman in that Pats. backfield, but it looks like Cordell Patterson taking the work but my last stock rising is a rook a rookie who just continues to show out and put all the preseason doubts behind him and prove why he was the fifth overall pick and that is jamar chase someone i was super super high on all offseason my dynasty 101 in redraft his adp was a little high for my liking in the beginning of the year when it was in the fourth fifth round and then it fell to like the seventh eighth round when people decided he can't catch or some shit because he had a couple drops in a preseason game and it has paid off tremendously because to start the season, he has gone five for 101 in a touchdown, two for 54 in a touchdown, 
and four for 65 and two touchdowns. And you want to see more targets, seven targets, four targets, five targets. But then you see that Joe Burrow is only throwing 25 times a game through the first three weeks in which the Cincinnati Bengals have won two of them and lost in a nail-biter type game to the Chicago Bears. So it was all games where the Cincinnati Bengals were in it the entire time and didn't need to throw. Those situations are going to come. The Cincinnati Bengals are not going to be in every single game, every single week against all opponents. They get games against Green Bay, against uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, the Chargers, the Niners, the Chiefs at the end of the year. These are teams that they may end up needing to pass more, and that's just going to help Chase even more. But Chase is proving that even with low volume thus far, he is just dominating. He's making it work. That connection with Joe Burrow has transferred over, and it has been a tremendous start of the year for the rookie. Can I give you guys a little free preview? I was going to put bonus, but I'm just going to put this now. My bonus stock down was the preseason. Bro, everything we thought we knew from the preseason has completely flipped on its head in the regular season. And I think it's because we flipped pre- we we like we like forgot what it's like to have preseason and we just put way too much stock in it. And now like nothing's going the way it went in preseason. Exhibit A is Jamar Chase. Oh, he can't catch. Oh, there's no connection with Burrow. Fuck out of here. Like this guy is a superstar. It's clear. Right off the bat. Clearly a superstar. Like, duh. You know, I was like, what are we, what are we doing? What are we, what are we paying attention to? All these rookie quarterbacks yeah. that look like the next coming of Jesus Christ, they all suck. The rookie quarterbacks, the only the only rookie quarterback that has won a game is Mac Jones, and it was the game he was playing Zach Wilson. No rookie quarterback yeah. has won a game yet. They all look terrible. Don't get me started on them. Play, like, don't get me started on all these rookie quarterbacks playing right away. Like, it's pretty fucking clear that these guys should be like particularly Zach Wilson, who went from BYU competition to now the NFL with a shitty O line. Oof. Anyway, um, we'll talk about we'll talk about this more where you, when you mentioned Justin Fields in the stock down because um, I have a little stat. Uh, Najee Harris is my last stock rising. When you get 19 targets, what the hell? That's the second most for a running back or the most for a running aye, back aye. ever in a game, depending on who you read. I read one source that said most. read one source that read second most. I didn't do the actual research, so I'm giving you that information. Um, but holy moly, 19 targets. He caught 14. He had a, over 100 yards receiving. It's clear that they want to get Najee Harris out in space away from his offensive line because the offensive line is a huge problem right now. And I mean... But they also had Juju exit the game. Claypool exited the game for a little bit. Listen, they were kind of forced into it, but still, no, no team. Forget the scratch at. No team's ever forced. That's what I'm throwing their running back the ball nineteen times. Like, yo, they want to get especially not on a swing pass on fourth and ten in the red zone. With the game on the line, game was over after that. Game was over. Ay ay ay. Aye, aye, aye is correct. We, 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 I mean, we touched on Najee Harris, so I won't keep you too long here, but Najee Harris' stock is definitely going up because if he's going to be targeted like this, it's literally going to be impossible for him to bust. Like, he went yeah. 12 for 40 on the ground. Like, no one... That, that's a horrible game. Disgusting. But 14, disgusting. Through, 14 for, through, to, for 102 in the air is the opposite of disgusting. We'll take that. Yeah, we should, we should be talking about stock falling. 
<laughs> with <laughs> Najee Harris, but instead of stock rising. His rushing stock is falling. His receiving stock is rising. Luckily, you get the rushing to come to receiving because as of right now, he's a wide receiver um, in a running yep. back's body. Um, do you have? Did you say your third one? Yeah, we're moving on to the down part of it. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Oh my god, man! That's a, we we have to change that. Since I've made that, I've I have gotten much more involved in the stock market since I made that drop. <laughs> yeah, because gets, now every time you hear it, you're like, oh, I can't even imagine, bro, bro. It's like it could happen. All of it gone tomorrow. Like, oh my god, it's really that's really scary to think about. Um, <laughs> Michael, who's your stock falling? My first stock falling is someone we could uh, touch briefly touch on because we did discuss him a little bit earlier. It's Jonathan Taylor. Um, not what you wanted from him if you drafted him in the first or second round. These are this is why I wasn't completely on him um, going forward. A lot of people are saying to buy him now with the super nice schedule coming up: Miami, then Baltimore, but then Houston, San Fran, Tennessee, the Jets, Jacksonville. It is certainly a tremendous. Um, slate of games for Jonathan Taylor, but his stock is certainly down because he's he should not be ranked as a top five running back as some people are drafting him as. And that maybe not even a low end RB one, maybe more a high end RB two at this point. Let's see if he's able to return value once the games get easier. But if someone sees the slate of games and they're like, "Yeah, I want to buy Jonathan Taylor," and they're paying up for him, then I'd be very perfectly fine selling Jonathan Taylor. Like if you could get like a, I don't know if anyone do this, but I'd trade Jonathan Taylor for DeAndre Swift straight up, straight up right now if I could. Michael, would you trade Jonathan Taylor for Brandon Ayuk and Mike Williams? If you need a wide receiver, I mean, if you need a wide receiver oof. help, Jonathan Taylor for Mike Williams is an interesting one. That's that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to bite the bullet just after three weeks in case this is just not a season long type of change for. Uh, Mike Williams. But JT did this last inter- year. Certainly an interesting question. He did it last year. Um, my first is a little bit off off the beaten path. It's the Washington defense. Um, Fantasy Pro. I wrote a I wrote a blurb in an article for Fantasy Pros about last minute tips and tricks. And one of the things that I wrote about was like, don't draft a defense. Just don't. There's no reason to draft a defense. Um, you're you want to stream defenses during the year. You there's just no defense that's you know foolproof, none. And if you look around at the defenses that were drafted early this year, um, so far that's been proved right. I'm gonna concentrate on the Washington defense because they just put up minus four points. They cost their team four points. Um, Goodness gracious. Yeah. So I mean they I mean they got completely blown out by the Bills. And this is a team that has one of the best defensive lines in the league and added William Jackson, the stud corner from the Bengals. So it was like, oh, my God, this is, these guys are going to be so good. But you just don't know. You don't know. And that's why you don't draft a defense high. People who are drafting, who have the Washington defense, were drafting them in the 12th, 13th round for no reason at all. And they were getting them, and they're like, oh, yeah, now I could plug this team in. 
They had an okay week one against the Chargers for 17 points. But then against the Giants, when you expect a blow-up game, they only had three points. And then minus four against Buffalo. And now they get... And now they get Atlanta next week, who it should this should be a better matchup for them. So their stock is falling, but next week, you know, the Atlanta Falcons so far have been defense's best friends. Um, so, look, I, I said this stat before, and when I was looking up the stat, it even shocked me. The average draft position of the top five defenses last year was 12 was the 12th defense off the board. That was the average draft position of the top five, including Miami, who finished as, I think, the, I think the fourth overall in points and whose ADP was dead last in defense and special teams. You just don't know because you have a team like the Cardinals, who everyone thought would get smashed. They put up 21 points on defense. You have a team like the Browns, who are obviously playing a, a rookie quarterback. They, they had a great game. You have a team like the Broncos who were available on so many waiver wires because of their performance last year. Well, they had one of the easiest first three weeks in the league. And you could have rode them the whole time. So, you know, that's my my spiel. Uh, if, you're, if you're depending on a defense, it's just not a good way to – it's not a good strategy. Streaming defense is the way to go. You should have a quarterback. This year, I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm – very, gung-ho about having a quarterback and having a tight end I, I only have to stream tight end in one league and I fucking hate it I hate it anyway Michael go ahead yeah you just want to in about defenses I just went in about defenses I just you know sometimes you got to go in on defenses I honestly <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to see my fantasy pros finish because I nailed defenses this week I wouldn't be surprised if I'm the number one defense ranker in in coming for the number one spot I wouldn't be surprised like that's how much I nailed defenses uh my second uh yeah my second stock down is Kenny Galladay who another upsetting performance against Atlanta went four for 64 on five targets in a game where Darius Slayton got hurt and missed time Sterling Shepard got out early with an injury that offense fell apart when Sterling Shepard left the field and he now has 8.4, 5.3, and 8.4 fantasy points through three weeks. I know he's working back from an injury. I know he's working his uh, chemistry with Daniel Jones still, but pretty horrific start of the year for Kenny Galladay and anyone drafting him hoping for a wide receiver too um, is certainly not getting that. And he's honestly really not playable outside of like a flex in deep leagues until something turns around. I'm going to go to my next guy, Mike. Michael, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. I'm just going to lead you to slap me directly across the face the next time I recommend the Patriots running back. Just slap me directly <laughs> across the face. Just Damian Harris. Don't say I didn't say I didn't warn you. I'm, I'm going to give you this one. All right? I'm taking the L on this one. Today I'm taking L's. I'm taking the L on Brandon Cooks. Taking the L on Damian Harris. I feel like these L's are, are guaranteed already after three weeks because Damian Harris... Sure, he might have a few games. He might have a few games here and there. But when they are trailing, he is just not part of the game plan at all. And when you think that the – right when you're like, oh, the pay, but the Patriots literally don't have anyone else. They just traded away Sonny Michel. And then they go and they hand the ball to Brandon Bolden. And then they go and they hand the ball to J.J. Taylor. Ramondre Stevenson wasn't even, wasn't even in. He was a healthy snap. But he's probably going to be the pass catching back now that, that James White is out. So, it's a shared backfield yet again. 
He's the leader of it, sure. But he's a one-trick pony. And this team is not going to be winning that many games because they spent $80 million, $90 million on two tight ends, which I'm going to get there in a second, on two tight ends. They can't do shit offensively. Nelson Aguilar, who can't do shit offensively, he's been a negative. And an undrafted free agent. And Najee Harris. And a rookie quarterback. So it's like... It, the offensive weapons, weaponry on the Patriots is horrible. Everything else in the but Patriots... But did you say an undrafted free agent in Najee Harris? No, and and not... Oh, I said De, I said Najee instead of Harris. I said an undrafted free agent, as oh. in Jacoby Myers. And I said Najee Harris instead of Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Yeah, I was mad confused. I thought you were calling Najee Harris and a UTFA while discussing the Patriots. I got completely <laughs> lost. Uh, yes, this is my first day doing this. Um... I'm going to stay here, OB, and you could finish it off, Michael, because it's the same team. Nelson Aguilar and Jonu Smith are my next ones. Bro, they combined. Are you ready to hear this? For three catches and 21 yards on 14 targets. Three catches that, and that is 21 what I call yards. A total yuck. <laughs> on 14 targets, man. 14. Disgusting. I started both of them on the same team in one league. As you might imagine, Michael, that's the one team that I need 31 points from Jalen uh, Hurts to win tonight. Because these two fuckers completely shit the bed for me. For El Aguilar, it was two catches on eight targets. Ugh. For four yards. And then Jonu Smith, who probably had one of the worst games ever. One catch on six targets. And if you think this was Mac Jones, the rookie, throwing inaccurately and it was his fault, no. This was Jonah Smith sucking, including costing Mac Jones an interception. Which, by the way, how do you feel about this idea, Michael? You ready for this? Balls that go off players' hands egregiously. And you'll have like a, a, you know how um, baseball has like a uh, official scorer uh, to to do the the errors and and like the hits? You'll have an official scorer for yeah. this. If the ball goes off a receiver's hands and into the arms of a defender, I think it should not be an interception on the quarterback and it should be a lost fumble on the on the player who touched the ball and then gave it to the other player. Because the fact that Mac Jones got an interception for that Jonah Smith play is absolutely ridiculous. Jonah Smith handed the ball. So what do you wanna what do you wanna count it as? As a lost fumble. As a lost fumble, that doesn't make any logical sense, though. It just breaks the, it breaks the rules. It's not a fumble. It, You'd have to create a new. Nah, because you would because like when it so here's like well, here's a player what, like a wide receiver caused interception, like a WRI nah, wide receiver interception. Nah, because that's that's what because that would make another stat. And who wants that? You want you want to just put it in the fumble category because to think about this. If you if you were to catch it, if you were to squeeze it, it would be a catch. So if it's going off your hands and into a defender's hands, although not by the letter of the law, it's not a fumble, it's technically a fumble. Technically. Because it's going from your hands into somebody else's hands. Technically, if you want to look at it that way. I was thinking about that because like, I was like, yo, poor Mac Jones, this rookie, does he get, a, get an interception for a, a $50 million player who can't catch a ball and literally hands it to the other team? It's like, what the fuck? 
Anyway, that's what was going through my yeah. head today. Uh, yesterday while I was watching Red Zone. <laughs> um, Michael. All right, let me end it off. End Tim. it off, kid. With, yep. Bears players. Uh, here we go. Period. We're not ending it off let's, anytime soon. Let's be completely honest, Tim. That was one of the worst offensive performances I maybe have ever seen from a team. Probably the worst. They had 47 yards of total offense. 47. Justin Fields got sacked a bunch. Completed six passes, was it? I think, right? The entire game for 68 passing yards. Yeah, he went six for 20 for 68 passing yards. And he didn't even get to use his legs. And if you Three count, rushes for 12 yards. If you, had, if, you because, count the, if you count my bad, if you count the sacks, they had one passing yard. One passing yard. <laughs> Oof. And I know Cleveland was in the backfield all day. Jason, excuse me, Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks. They had a field day, that Cleveland defensive line. But that's also what happens when a young, inexperienced rookie QB is at the helm. You could just do whatever you want against that damn guy if he's not able to throw downfield. We just saw the Patriots do it against the Jets and Zach Wilson. Absolute domination. We saw the Denver Broncos do it against the Jets and Zach Wilson. Rookie quarterbacks, if they can't throw downfield, they're not going to be successful. Justin Fields had quite possibly one of the worst um, introductions to the NFL he could have possibly had. Like, it couldn't be any worse for Justin Fields. Let's be real. And people are out here saying to start Justin Fields against a strong Cleveland defense in his first game as a rookie. I didn't really understand that over guys like someone started him over Tom Brady. Wow. That's stupid. That's really stupid. And now you got Allen Robinson who just continues to do nothing because the quarterbacks can't get him the ball. David Montgomery can't really get anything going anymore. And I'm not a David Montgomery guy, but it's been all about volume for him. And that volume has not resulted in anything good because that offense has not been able to move the damn ball. They get Detroit this coming week. Maybe that'll be their turn it around and get things moving type of game. But if they struggle really bad against Detroit again, it's going to be rough. But right now, I would not want any part of that Chicago Bears offense. And I've been a Cole Komet guy. I would not any I would want not I would not want any shares of Cole Komet. Like I'm not interested. Darnell Mooney, we've spoken about him a million times. The Mooney line, who's being far too overhyped this offseason. We did not like him at all at ADP. I don't think a single one of us across like maybe a hundred teams or more have a single Darnell Mooney share. I have, I have like, I know one, I did not draft him once. I have one Darnell Mooney uh, because he was my last pick. I didn't, I didn't draft a defense and someone ended up going yeah. on IR. So I, I put him on IR and picked up a defense. So I, I do have Mooney on my, on, on one roster. Yeah. But we just, someone we've just decided to completely avoid, which obviously has worked out. And uh, yeah, that bears offense is just not looking good. I got to say this because Jer- Daniel Jeremiah tweeted this today and, you know, I'm going to make a teacher analogy because I'm not going to make any excuses. Justin Field looked horrible. Justin Fields looked terrible. Period. End of story. With that being said, if a kid shows up to a standardized test and he's never seen a te- anything like that test before and he doesn't know how to format 
his thoughts and he doesn't know how to you know properly read through a passage and annotate it that is not the failure of the child that is the failure of the teacher the words within the formatting the word the the understanding of the things that's the kid and i feel like that's what we're talking about with Justin Fields and even to that Zach Wilson because Daniel Jeremiah tweeted this. He said, according to Next Gen Stats, there have been 91 sacks in the NFL this season that took more than four and a half seconds from snap to tackle. Zach Wilson leads the league with eight of those sacks. Justin Fields has seven of those sacks on only 46 dropbacks. So Justin Wilson, eight, I mean, Zach Wilson, eight on 120 dropbacks. Justin Fields, seven on 46 dropbacks. And then Baker Mayfield, who we have talked about over and over in this on this show holds the ball too long seven sacks in 89 snaps 91 total overall fields has been sacked 11 times and has had 14 completions last week he was sacked nine times and had six completions yes justin fields is to blame for holding the ball but this is a teacher that did not prepare their students for the test you need to get something happening where these kids are rolling out and getting the ball in their hand quick, quick outs. Like, there's no reason why Ben Roethlisberger should throw in a Najee Harris 19 fucking times and, and Justin Fields can't throw to David Montgomery 10. And Zach Wilson can't throw to whoever the fuck's coming out of Michael Carter 5. You know, the, uh, the Jets actually lead the league in, la- in least targets to the running back. Why? It makes no sense whatsoever. Not for nothing, too. People are going to criticize Zach Wilson because they like criticizing him. He, again, did not play well, but he was not helped out by his veterans, bro. Corey Davis dropped a dime. Uh, there, was a, there was a few drops on the field. Elijah Moore looked like he didn't know how to run a route. Like, there was some... Like, the, the, the broadcast, there was a, a, a missed throw to Elijah Moore in the beginning of the game where Elijah Moore ran out. And the ball skipped on Elijah Moore's hand, uh, feet. And it's just like, like, oh, what an inaccurate pass. What an inaccurate pass. But you look at the replay. The ball's out of Zach Wilson's hand way before the pass. And Elijah Wilson, Elijah Moore takes this, like, hook, like, hook route instead of coming back hard. And the ball skips. That's not Zach Wilson's fault. Zach Wilson's sliding to the side. He hits Corey Davis with a beautiful pass. That's not Zach Wilson's fault. Braxton Berrios puts basically taps an interception to the receiver. That's not Zach Wilson's fault. And on t- you can't put that shit on top of a rookie who already had enough mistakes himself. Like, I'm not saying Zach Wilson played well. He didn't. But he's a rookie. You're putting him in a, t- in a, in a not great spot to succeed. There should be no reason why Zach Wilson is being sacked after four and a half seconds eight times. There should be no reason why Justin Fields is being sacked after four and a half seconds, 77 times on only 46 dropbacks. There's only so much of that you can blame on Justin Fields because they didn't get Justin Fields out of the pocket and moving to make some easy receptions. They didn't get him swinging the ball out. They didn't design any any screen passes for him. No, they put him back there and they put him in the Andy Reid offense. I mean, in the Andy Dalton offense. Why? Doesn't make any sense. And this is a guy in Matt Nagy yeah. who has I mean, been I agree using... With you. He's been using his his athletic quarterbacks incorrectly for years now. 
And it's easy to blame Mitch Trubisky. But, bro, I'm telling you, it's Matt Nagy. And I'm not, not to go back to Mitch Trubisky, but, like, bro, like, I don't want to see Justin Fields take the Mitch Trubisky treatment. He's too good. He's too good of a, he's too dedicated to football for me to see a coach ruin him like this. And it was, it was three steps, stare at your number one receiver, throw it at him. Like college. What are you doing? Get this guy out of the pocket. Force him to make reads. Get him on the move. Get him doing get him with RPOs. Swing it out to his running back. Get his yeah, tight end involved. A lot more RPO action, bro. Like it's it, they put they they gave him an. What are they doing? And now this kid has to listen to sports radio for the next fucking five days. Kill him, and you gotta hear his coach say Nick Foles might fucking start. Like God damn it already! Fuck, you're gonna kill this kid already. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna murder this career already. You haven't you haven't murdered enough careers. You, ugh. I'm so angry. angry at Matt Nagy, bro. Like it's just like it's it, it's inexcusable. Watching that game is just like it's like playing a center at point guard. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. Uh, Michael, what? Where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. You can find me at Broto FF Tim. You can find Jason at Broto FF Jason. You can find Cass at Broto FF Cass. See what we did there. At Broto Fantasy for everything. At Broto, Broto FF Fantasy. Casanova. What did I say? Broto FF Cass. Oh, my bad. <laughs> at Broto FF Casanova. Uh, Cass, Cass told me the other day that only the Broto universe knows him as Cass. I didn't know yeah. that. No one else calls him Cass in the world. Huh. Interesting. I'm very happy yeah. that, that I'm very happy that that's a thing. I think he likes it. Right? He likes <laughs> it. Um, yeah, uh, Broto Fantasy, uh, Patreon.com/slash Broto Fantasy, BrotoFantasy.com, of course, and of course the Fantasy Football by Broto app. That is all for us. Don't forget, tomorrow is the Patreon exclusive waiver exclusive waiver wire episode where you can get the tips and the tricks and everything you need. For your waiver wire, you can get tips from guys who are not going to tell you to spend fab on Peyton Barber. That's for sure. Then you could also get the preview shows. They drop on late Thursday night into Friday morning uh, where we go over every single game and preview that. And at all times, you could find any one of our writers, our articles, our anything on the uh, website and the app. There you go. Also, the uh, Thursday Night Football Game preview is now a part of the Patreon Waiver Pod. Facts. So. Facts. Facts. How could I and that's all, folks. So th- and, th- that's all. And folks. you guys talk about the Monday night, uh, like the game a little bit, don't you? Because Why we would we discuss the Monday night game because on a Tuesday? Oh, we discussed yeah. like what happened in the Monday night. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. thought you were talking about the following Monday game. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we, we don't get, obviously, yeah. this is coming out before the Monday night game comes out, so... Um, we don't get to talk yep. about the Monday night game. So also on the on the Monday night game, you'll hear Michael and Jason t- on, on the Patreon party. Michael and Jason discuss the game the night before. All right. With that being said, uh, peace out, everyone. We hope you have a healthy, blessed, and lovely day. Peace. Later.